We're pleased to partner again with Curex, the number one insole in the run specialty retail market, which means in running stores, it's the top selling brand of insoles. It's no wonder. Curex insoles are highly customizable and provide dynamic arch support. For 15% off, visit curex.us and use code AMR15. Welcome to AMR Trains, a podcast about training and racing and endurance sports. I'm Dimity McDowell, co-founder of Another Mother Runner. Temperatures are falling, pumpkin spice lattes are back on the menu, and the school supply aisles at Target are empty, which means just one thing, race season is here. While starting lines are still not looking like they did pre-pandemic, Half marathons and marathons are definitely going strong, and we're here today to get your taper nutrition dialed. You may know Denver-based dietitian Ellie Kempton as the force behind Simply Nourish Like a Mother and Metabolic Renewal. She brings an accessible and easy perspective to nutrition and to all of her advice, which you are going to hear in spades on this podcast, so get ready. You'll never look at a big plate of pasta the same way again. So welcome, Ellie. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. That was, oh, I love that intro. Thank you, Dimity. It's so good to be here. Oh, good, good. Well, so people are definitely familiar familiar with you around these parts, but remind us, what are you up to these days? I mean, how have you spent your summer and kind of, you know, the last 18 months of the pandemic? <laughs> right. Catch up. You know, um, that's a really good question. And I think one of the biggest takeaways and something that I'm really trying to capitalize on is I've just started to play a little bit more. I've done a lot of playing outside, which has been really refreshing and recalibrating, but I've just given myself a little bit more time to play. And so I'm coming out of this summer, really trying to be creative about how I can keep my play alive, but I've done a lot of trail running, a ton, a ton of trail running. I'm back on, back on the trails, which feels so good. And, yeah. um, I'm just re rediscovering my relationship with running again, which I love. And so it was really fun to be called in to do this podcast about taper tips because it's really capitalizing on a, a robust background of mine of prepping with nutrition for feeling your best and really whether it's play or a race really using nutrition as something that is kind of your sharpest tool in your toolbox I was just about to say well that's great so yeah so let's dive right in because we've got a lot to cover um, but before we get into specific advice um, we want to let you guys know that Ellie created a a packet of materials. It's called Timely Taper Tips and four of her best recipes, um, which are linked in the show notes. So if you're out for a run right now or you're driving or you're washing dishes and like mentally trying to take notes, don't despair. You'll have easy access to everything we're talking about just by clicking below. So, um, mm -hmm. okay, so let's start. First of all, taper nutrition, Ellie. I know that most of us, including myself up until meeting you, um, we think about it maybe 24 hours, 48 hours um, before a race. Uh, but you come in with a 30,000 foot, two week view coming into the taper. So can you talk about why you start the focus on nutrition four days, 14 days out from race day? Um, because I did it all wrong as an athlete. <laughs> I think looking back, I so wish I would have been the athlete that was this calculated. So I feel like it's my purpose and maybe role in life to help prevent the crash and burns that I experienced as an athlete thinking, 
oh shoot, what am I supposed to be doing 24 hours out? So I am so excited to sweep in and really zoom out a few lenses and really give your, give your gals something to chew on with so much confidence all the way out two weeks out. I mean, really let's be real taper starts or tape your taper tips start at the beginning of the training cycle. Am I right? But it's super nice to have a roadmap. And so the little PDF that I built for everyone gives very simple, very approachable things to be focusing on that are tailored to what your body needs most, what it's craving, what it almost the, the emphasis that it's hoping for as you hone in to that or zoom in onto that 24 hour pre-race. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, and, and let's, we're going to talk through the different things that you do, um, a different time intervals, but yeah, I mean, I love the idea that you, what you're doing, you're, you're setting up your body for not just, not just expecting it to perform, you know, with a load of pasta in it 24 hours before, but in fact, we're going to start thinking about this intentionally two weeks before. And, um, and as such, it's going to be a lot easier. You don't have to put it all on one meal. That's not, that's a lot of pressure for one meal, right? <laughs> it is a lot of pressure. And I know from being an athlete for so long and really being given so much advice from so many who loved me and wanted me to do well, I think my purpose as well is to cut past the noise and get right down to the signal of just the simple few things to focus on. So it will be eye candy when you look at this little roadmap, because there's only three things to think about two weeks out. And the first one is actually, maybe let's go back to play the most playful one. I'm going to ask you to play with foods that are robust, just busting at the seams with vitamin C. And why is that? Well, here's the deal. I don't know about you, Dimity, but I know when I've put a lot of pressure on myself in the past and I'm Heading into my final week of taper, I start to feel a little scratch in the back of my throat. I start to feel a little congestion. I feel super fatigued and bam, I'm sick with a cold. So I am proactively giving your body by asking you to eat foods rich in vitamin C. I'm giving your body a little bit extra defense. I'm helping it out by giving it some protection because vitamin C is really good at fighting some of the oxidative stress that comes from your body repairing itself. I mean, it takes work. That's probably why you feel it. It's why you feel a little bit of fatigue going into taper as your body is repairing itself. And if it doesn't have some of the protection it needs, it falls prey to whatever you come in contact with. It's, it's a kind of a natural response to get sick when you are repairing. Absolutely. Well, so we're talking you know, everything from citrus fruits to peppers to strawberries. Um, but you also say you could also supplement. I mean, and, and yeah. so in what, um, is that a good idea for everybody or is it just for people who don't like fruits and vegetables? Like, can you get enough vitamin C Absolutely. It's more or less your personality type, right? Like, do you want to commit to eating some of the vitamin rich or vitamin C rich foods consistently every day? Or do you just want to cover your basis with a little bit of an insurance policy? My personality type, I'm all about the food, but I also want to just know that I got at least a thousand milligrams, right? So I will pop a few vitamin C packets in my bag for work and just make sure I grab one a day and it just bolsters up my defense before I even feel anything coming on. You want to nip anything that's brewing in the bud way before you feel it. Nice. Well, and the other thing that, that, that probably is a nice compliment to that, that you talk about is sleep, right? And, um, 
Yeah, it, the training cycle can wear you out. And yeah, so the taper, you're coming in, you finally have taken your foot off that training gas pedal, you know, not all the way, but it's a significant amount as far as the, the volume of training that you're doing. So is sleep something that comes easier or harder at this point? Well, again, learn from my mistakes. I used <laughs> to think of taper as a time that I could get a lot more done, right? You're heading yeah. out of town, potentially you're prepping for a lot of transition going away to a race, or even just, you know, you're, you're prepping for a big event. And so I used to use the time away from training and I used to steal from my sleep to prepare. And that's like putting yourself in debt right? So sure. you want to go in with more money in the bank, more banked up Z's than you thought possible, because that's the time of day that is more, I mean, that, that therapy is more medicinal than any food you could possibly consume. I mean, think about the drugs on the market, trying to replicate the impact sleep has on you. Your body is going to repair itself much more effectively. So as you prepare two weeks out, I want you to use that cute little bedtime reminder. It's annoying at the time, but when it goes <laughs> off, right, I want you to think about that, really commit to that and judiciously decide that that's your medicine that you get to sip from. And you have less to do on, on the back end if you can front load the front end with sleep. Absolutely. And yeah. then finally, the last piece that you have for two weeks out, and this is maybe something that people are programmed to already do, but I love this idea of planning your meals both for this week and the next week so that you almost, so you're not worried about, gosh, I'm going to have enough X, Y, or Z in my fridge, you know it because you've planned it, right? Precisely. I mean, I always used to try to overhaul my nutrition the week coming in and make a lot of big decisions and try to be perfect and upgrade everything. Uh, again, it was just kind of a reactive move, but my role is to help you automate. So plan those meals to the point where there's literally no decisions to make around food, have it all stocked. Even if a few things are pre-prepped in advance, that would be phenomenal to maybe freeze. If you're three weeks out, freeze your meals three weeks out or make extra and freeze some so that you're just in autopilot because as you prepare to let your body repair, it's so good to almost just bathe in the extra energy that you have from not making so many decisions. Yes, yes. Well, and one of the things, so again, you, you gave us four recipes with your materials. So thank you for your generosity, your nourishing generosity. One of them is the minestrone soup, which if you've been around um, in some one of Ellie's programs, you may have seen this before, but holy cow, it is a favorite for a reason. And it is something that you can make at the beginning of week two, or let's be honest, you can make it any time, right. but, um, and it lasts and lasts and lasts. And so mm -hmm. that's a great lunch thing. Um, it's great for dinner in a pinch. Um, but just the idea you, you said it already, but kind of simplifying and taking away the decision. So, you know what, so what if you eat the same thing for a couple or seven meals? <laughs> right. <laughs> And clinically, I'm just going to sweep in with some geeky details around that. That's actually better and, and almost more medicinal to the body to have more simplicity on the plate. Now, don't get me wrong. And you hear an earful about diversity and color and really changing up your foods as we make our way through Simply Nourish Like a Mother, but that's weeks out. The final two weeks, if you can simplify and automate almost like you do with your pet's food, 
your body loves the simplicity of that, especially if it's from foods that it understands the information within those foods and it can use it really efficiently. So if you find a smoothie that you love and you're willing to make it every single morning, let's say you try the um, liquid gold smoothie that I gave everyone. Well, if you love it, be okay with having liquid gold smoothie every single morning because it takes away one of the experimental variables and it gives you something to sink your teeth into, almost like a control variable, right? Absolutely. Oh my gosh, that's so funny you say about your dogs because I often joke, I'm like, oh my gosh, Mason, you've had the same exact food for 10 years and he's so excited every single time. It's like you're giving him all brand new Brand new menu every time. Mm-hmm. Oh, if if yeah. only we could. If only we could be as excited about the dogs, about the simple I things, know. right? I but what I okay. So so we've got our soup. We've got and you talked about um, the liquid gold smoothie, and I want to talk about that in a second. But um, so that's kind of two weeks out. So it's really just vitamin C, sleep, and a little bit of planning. Yeah. One week out, we get a little bit more specific with what mm-hmm. you're putting into your body. Um, so your first tip is talking about processed sugar and why are we, um, you know. It's when my nerves kick up, my need for peanut M&Ms kick up. So, so talk about why that's not a good relationship to have and, and, uh, what you can kind of do about it instead of denying yourself that. Well, don't beat yourself up. First of all, that uptick in that almost compulsion towards sugar is completely normal because what you're looking for is this little hit to the brain of dopamine. You want that little rush of feel good, happy hormone, but the best and most important thing you can do for yourself is stock and have ready the grounding, nurturing carbohydrates that give you that dopamine rush, but then they stick with you and they don't tease you. I look at sugar and alcohol as just a tease, right? It feels so good in the moment and it's very much giving your brain what it needed, but then it leaves you hanging. So give yourself what your brain also needs, like the carbohydrates from really yummy root vegetable fries. And I would say, you know, anytime you can treat yourself to your favorite colorful fruits, the, the foods that just explode with flavor in your mouth, but stick with you for a few hours. Those are the things you want to stock in your cupboards. Don't tease yourself by stocking kind of some of the more refined and, and shorter, shorter lasting carbs. Totally. Well, and you talked a little bit about um, like natural carbs, sweet potato fries, you know, that kind of thing. But fiber at this point, like what point do we start to um, kind of minimize the chances of any intestinal distress? (laughs) Right. The non-urgency fibers. So uh, when it comes to fiber, again, when you hear me talk in programming, it's going to be a different conversation because we are trying to familiarize your body to tons of different fibers. It's almost like taking your gut to the gym, but the weak out from a race is not the time to take your gut to the gym, right? <laughs> we are <laughs> tapering. Wanna, the the gut is tapering too, right? That is tapering too. So give it access to fiber. Don't take fiber away, but only from foods you've eaten recently. So now's not the time to go jump off the rutabaga cliff. And now's not the time <laughs> to, you know, drown yourself in kale chips and be the healthiest version of yourself. I get it. And I love, I see so many of the athletes under my care really want to ramp up their tr- nutrition the week leading up, but now's not the time to try a bunch of new fibers and uptick your fiber intake by a lot. Just keep, keep your familiar fiber friends close and maybe 
make new fiber friends after your race. Make okay? new fiber friends. That'll be your goal <laughs> after your race. I yes. love it. I love it. Well, and the other two things which I thought was interesting to stay away from wasn't stay not have them, but here's the thing. Keep them stable. You're the amount of caffeine that you drink and the amount of carbohydrates that you eat. And so yeah. explain those two things, like why we're not saying pull them out, but we're not saying kicking them way up, but just keep them kind of in a familiar territory. Right. Absolutely. So let's start with the caffeine. It is a sports performance drug, right? Like it does enhance sports performance, especially if used in the right timing and amount. But the big thing is, is if you're not a caffeine drinker, you consuming caffeine because you've started to see some of the research around it and you hear your friends, you know, really benefiting from caffeine. Now's not the time to practice that because it does take acclimation to caffeine from uh, uh, the cortisol level. Your body has a very tangible reaction by really producing cortisol when you consume caffeine. And if you're not used to that, that also could be a, a recipe for disaster. Um, as same goes for carbohydrates. If you're not used to using a certain amount of carbohydrates to produce this, you know, this punch of energy, then consuming way more than you're used to could also make you feel actually more lethargic than energized. So sure. it's really wise to practice or to perform as a reflection of your practice. And so start noting now, if you're a few weeks out from your race, start noting what your patterns are around caffeine, get geeky about it, right? Like start noting, you know, how many cups of caffeine you consume and just do a quick Google search on how many milligrams of, um, caffeine that gives based on the cup and just try to stay within those bumper alleys leading up to your race. Cause out of angst, it's very, very tempting. I think I had my first cup of coffee before one of my biggest races and oh, I almost pooped in my pants. So it's really <laughs> wise. And, and let it be clear that you were a swimmer. Oh, wait, was this, was, was this when you're swimming? Oh, for sure. Okay, yeah. So. so let's be clear with what situation <laughs> that could have created memorable for all the wrong reasons. Yes, so exactly. it's, you know, honor, respect the fact that caffeine is very powerful and let it be something you use judiciously. And so be a scientist about it and determine how much caffeine you drink now and continue that. Don't try to take caffeine away either. Continue that into your race. Sure. Sure. And similarly, I mean, so one of the things, I mean, that's just so funny though. I'm just thinking <laughs> I have this like flash the pool, Ellie's. Oh yeah. <laughs> code, oh yeah. Code brown. Code brown. <laughs> code oh my God. Oh, Seriously. Boy. No. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll say a little um, prayer of gratitude that that didn't happen. Amen. But we don't want that happening <laughs> to anybody in a race, whether they're in a pool or on the road, or right. I guess on the trail is most uh, ideal, but still it let's is. not have it happen. That's not why I became a trail runner. Let's okay. just be quick. <laughs> okay. um, all right. And then, I mean, you, the last kind of thing in the don't column, and then I want to shift to the do column. But the one thing that you talk about is, um, keeping major oscillations in your food intake, just steady, kind of just like yeah. we just talked about with carbs and caffeine. And so this isn't, uh, this isn't the days of, of that huge plate of pasta, even, you know, 48 hours, 24 hours of four are kind of gone, right? We just want to yeah. try to keep the, 
keep your tank as full as possible. Is that kind of what we're looking for this week? Full of good fuel, you know, the nourishing fuel, right? Right. Absolutely. So yeah, I am a very big advocate of keeping your carbohydrate intake consistent and not trying to do anything rash and try to overfill your tank because there is only so much carbohydrate you can store in the form of glycogen. And over that it could create sluggishness and kind of that feeling of being carb hungover. And so it's really wise to know how much carb, how many carbs are you eating now? And and if you have a pattern even better, when do you typically eat your carbs and really try to emulate that and really try not to restrict it. I'm not a fan of going into a race and trying to clean things up and decrease carb. No, 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 no. Keep your carbs up and, and, and very robust. I'm a big advocate of carbohydrates, but maybe the emphasis, and I hope you feel inspired by the include column is that the emphasis comes from roots and fruits. Like those are my two favorite carbs going into a tra- into a taper because roots are really grounding and really nurturing and kind of, I don't know, I feel like a, a kite going into taper. I'm emotionally all over the place. And I just need that <laughs> kind of grounding emphasis yeah. of roots and fruits are, have instant access to energy. It's almost like, you know, it's nature's candy. Right. And so I always try to advocate for roots and fruits and legumes. If you tolerate them with the fiber, those are my three favorite carbs to keep consistent going into a taper. This episode is brought to you exclusively by Curex, the final step to better running. Curex insoles are the number one insole in the run specialty retail market, meaning in running stores, it's the top selling brand of insoles. It's no wonder. Curex Run Pro insoles are highly customizable and provide dynamic arch support. I know there are a lot of add-to-your-shoe options, yet insoles shouldn't be just cushioning and shouldn't only be stiff like a custom orthotic. Curex delivers the best of both these options. Curex Run Pro insoles have flexible support with just the right level of rigidity. They have a thin, low profile, yet still deliver maximum support and comfort. Curex Run Pro insoles are available in three profiles, high, medium, and low. I have high arches, so my feet, knees, hips, and back are grateful I added Curex Run Sole insoles to my shoes. Here I am, a runner of a more advanced age, yet, knock on wood, I'm injury-free and have been for a while. I don't think it's any coincidence. Once you become a believer in Run Run Pro insoles, you'll want to check out Curex's other options. Curex offers the largest line of sport activity-specific insoles, from Cleat Pro for soccer or baseball, Hike Pro for, you guessed it, hiking, Support Step for walkers, even Work Pro for on-their-feet professions, plus tennis, golf, hockey, and skiing too. Try Curex risk-free today. The company offers a 60-day warranty, even if the product has been cut to fit your shoes. Visit curex.us and use code AMR15 for 15% off a pair of Curex insoles. That's C-U-R-R-E-X dot U-S with code AMR15 for 15% off. Curex.us with code AMR15. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, protein. And um, you talk, again, stuff to include. You said easy to digest proteins. Um, and, uh, so first of all, give good examples of that. And then I want to talk a little bit about the, um, the Thai chicken curry recipe Mm. that you included. Yeah. So of all the foods, protein takes the longest to digest. It requires a lot of stomach acid. And so one of the 
maybe the kindest things you can do to your body is not give it a type of protein that needs to spend even more time in the stomach. You want to give your body proteins that make their way through pretty quickly. And so again, I'm, I'm giving, this is very tailored to taper and not my global perspective on protein, but I do recommend going into taper sticking to the leaner meats, like the white meats and the fish and the collagen. And if you're, if you're plant-based really leaning in on those legumes, because you won't, you won't be spending hours trying to unravel those strains of amino acids, you'll get the energy from it. And if you're eating it close to bedtime, you, you, you'll sleep much deeper because your body has already utilized that energy and used it to build your tissue back up. So I'm a big fan of just lighter meats and lighter proteins going into taper. I like it. I like it. Mm -hmm. Well, in your Thai chicken curry, I know probably people are like, whoa, that's spicy. I'm not right, you know, like, right. that's another one of your don'ts. It's too much spice. Totally. But yep. it's, it, it doesn't look super spicy. The, mm-hmm. You have red pepper flakes to taste, right? Um, anything yeah. else that makes it a little bit more? No. No. I mean, really, again, I, I'm actually a baby about spice. So anything I make is a reflection of my preferences. And the reason I chose this chicken curry as part of the packet is because it is beautifully pre-digested for you. There's got, you know, you've got a lot of different elements that help break down the curry into a really palatable, super easy to digest format. And so it's been, it's been a, a fan favorite for a very, very long time. And so this could be something you try and for size now and get familiarized with so that if it's something you really do love, it could be on rotation in your Rolodex for taper, but mostly just use it as a template to look at all the anti-inflammatory spices, some of which can have bite, but I would keep them on the the tamer side. And then a lot of just really good anti-inflammatory fats. And so if you are going to have fat, one of my favorite things, and I hope you eat lots of fat all the time, but one of my favorite anti-inflammatory fats that I want you to use a lot of going into taper is olive oil and olives. I mean, I was just going to say olives, but olive oil, olive oil for days. If you would drink olive oil, go ahead and drink olive oil. Um, (laughs) but yeah, if you, uh, something you'll see a lot of in my recipes are just really heavy emphasis on fats that are anti-inflammatory. So there's anti-inflammatory fats in every single recipe. And in that Thai chicken curry, the anti-inflammatory fat is that coconut oil. Nice. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then finally, one thing that you do want to load up on, uh, that you talked about, well, so we've gotten rid of alcohol with our simple sugars, right? Our processed Mm -hmm. sugars Mm -hmm. one week, uh, you can celebrate afterwards, but we're looking for to up the mineral content, um, which I was again, something that I, I knew kind of electrolytes and the noon, the potassium and magnesium, but you talk about having, um, mineral water, coconut water, bone broth, um, talk about, Uh, why that's so important. Yeah. So when you are hydrating with sources that have lots of rich and balanced minerals, you're charging the cell, enabling it to accept water more readily. So you're just getting natural electrolytes throughout the day, instead of having to chug a sugary electrolyte rich drink, you're just naturally weaving them in. And so anytime you can lean on bone broth in your soup. So if you make that minestrone soup, you might want to make it with bone broth, or maybe you're just willing to have a 
Maybe you want to have a playful pampered dinner with some mineral bubbly mineral water. All of that's going to add up so that you have the hydration status you need before you need it. I'm a big advocate of giving your body minerals before you work out instead of trying to catch up after you work out. I think that's something again, so wish I would have known when I was at the height of my swim career was wow. Drinking your electrolytes in preparation for your big race is going to do you so much good instead of trying to catch up when you're done. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Because what we're looking for, so you're standing on the starting line and your gas tank is absolutely as full as it can be with the best minerals, the best fuel, the best glycogen, everything that you need. Um, it's, you couldn't, you couldn't have done it any better. You know, you just paid 10 bucks a gallon for it or whatever, (laughs) you know, it's that, that kind of, that kind of fuel premium. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. It must be a Monday. Yeah. It must be a Monday. (laughs) All right. Well, so, um, so we're heading in, so it should be said, and hopefully it came, it was pretty clear, but I want to make it uh, abundantly clear. So, you know, two nights before the race, the night before the race, you're not changing much, right? Certainly we're having a carb heavier dinner right but it's not like we're you're kind of eating in that same way easy to digest not a lot of fiber making sure you get some good nourishing carbs in right absolutely the overhauls are over you do not overhaul this close to the race so i want your mantra to be i automate i don't overhaul because when you automate what the patterns you've been practicing you can just lean into that sweet confidence of knowing the foundation is there and there's an overhaul is unbelievably unnecessary so know that what everything we're saying don't try to practice it a week out from the race sure sure you can start now you can start now absolutely yes, precisely all right. And then anything like the night before, you know, this is kind of more conventional wisdom, you know, don't, uh, don't eat anything new. Don't eat anything too spicy. Keep your electrolytes up. Um, and then maybe take some time. This is, this is a very LA tip to focus on back onto your grounding, focusing on your breath and what you feel in your body, not necessarily just going through the motions of, of drinking and mm-hmm. chewing. Right. Right. I think this is where you get the soul food piece where you start really nurturing your body and an emotional level, because I know this is where some of the gremlins of insecurity start gnawing at us. Did I do enough? Have I done, you know, am I prepared? And this is where I always think back to my entire training cycle, wondering what I could have done differently. And my advice to anyone who falls prey to some of that kind of, um, that rumination is to really, treat yourself to things that ground you and remind you that the, as my coach used to always say, the hay is in the barn, Ellie, like it's there. You don't have to second guess it. And if you have anything, you know, music or bathing, um, anything that, you know, gets you back into your body, because the best way to calm your brain is through your body. And the day I learned that, and I'm still learning it. I'm a humbled student by how effective that is. But anytime I feel that sense of insecurity, I reach for those tools that I know bring me back into my body. So whether that's breath, music, maybe it's just stepping out into the sunshine and feeling that, but knowing that you've done what you needed to do to prepare is what is the work you get to focus on 24 hours in advance. No more changing in food and obviously no more workouts. You're good to go. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, you are a gem as always. Thank you, Ellie, for bringing such a different perspective. I think that's really important. I think again, you know, it's hard sometimes to update our maps and coming in and thinking about it as 
Minnesota soup and, um, you know, marinated chicken and things like that um, instead of just, you know, am I going to do penne or um, angel hair tonight? You <laughs> I know, love it. Um, yes. it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Aww. Well, and I also, we also wanted to have you talk for a second about Simply Nourish Like a Mother, which is actually starting. Um, it's a new it's not a new program, but it's a new round. It starts on um, September 13th, which is in about two weeks. Um, it's the Monday after Labor Day. Um, and so talk a little bit about the eight-week program and kind of your intention behind it, because we kind of talked a little bit about limiting stuff here. Simply Nourished is about exploring, right? And figuring out what works for you. It's what lays the foundation. It is my bread and butter, literally, because what it does is it teaches the patterns to practice that you then emulate going into a race. It helps you understand what role every food in your repertoire plays so that you build your plates out of deep confidence and perspective. And you have this sense of knowing it's almost like you, you build a relationship with your body again, because you finally understand what it needs and you feed it information. It understands. And so I built simply nourished like a mother really to create a scenario where women are given bite-sized chunks of habits and routines and rituals that all stitch themselves together into a day that's lived out of deep confidence. And it unlocks the sense of vitality because there's consistency with things you know to be consistent about. I think what's so confusing in this modern day is we're given so many healthful things to consider practicing. And what Simply Nourish Like a Mother does is it cuts past a lot of that noise and that chaos and all these facts and figures being thrown at us as busy modern day women. And it gets down to just the signal of what to be practicing morning and midday and evening so that you walk away from these eight weeks with a compass and a roadmap of really what to say no to. I think that's maybe even more important than what to say yes to is what to say no to, to live your most confident life nurtured really from cell to soul. Absolutely. You couldn't have said it better. I've been your, <laughs> I've been your uh, wingman on it for, gosh, have we yeah. gone five years now? We are. We wow. are. Wow. And so we've done this program, you know, two to three times a year. So we're probably coming up, I don't know, on round 11 or 12. And every time um, we started, and it's eight weeks now, it started at four, and now it's up to eight weeks. And the investment that you make in yourself and the time that you take to slow down and figure out very uh, easily what to eat. Um, you don't have to figure it out, but you're, you're spoon fed it. But I mean, you have to invest some time in, in grocery shopping in um, a little bit of food prep. It, it changes your life. And I'm not just saying that I, I mean, I still eat, I have been eating four or five years, the, the simply nourished way. And it, I, my moods are so much better. Um, I did refer to peanut M&Ms, but my consumption of them is way, way, way down <laughs> um, because I, my sugar cravings are, are not so high because I know when to eat and, and what to eat. And it is life changing. Thanks again for listening to this Taper Nutrition podcast. We will have the Simply Nourish Like a Mother link in the show notes, and we will see you all soon. Have a great week, you guys. Thanks. Thanks.